You are listening to Feminist Current. I'm Megan Murphy. March 8th is International Women's Day, a day to both honor women as well as to acknowledge the work we still have to do in terms of fighting for women's liberation. This year, Asian Women for Equality and Fertile Ground Institute for Social and Environmental Justice have partnered specifically to address the experience and oppression of women of color and indigenous women under patriarchy. These two organizations will be hosting Dominique Christina, the author of four books and the only person to ever become a two-time world champion in slam poetry, and Sherry Smiley. Sherry Smiley, indigenous feminist activist, scholar, and artist. These two women will be speaking at an event called Indigenous and Women of Color Rise, which will take place at the Seattle Central Library in downtown Seattle, Washington. The event will inform, educate, empower, inspire, and strengthen our spirit for the injustices women face. To learn more about the event and the need for such an event to take place in today's climate, I spoke with two of the organizers, Suzanne Jay and Saba Malik. Suzanne is a feminist activist and a member of Asian Women for Equality, a grassroots feminist group working to change societal attitudes towards women, especially women of Asian descent, to advance equality for Asian women, and to create opportunities for Asian women to have meaningful participation and to take leadership roles in civil society. Saba Malik is a radical revolutionary, a therapist, herbalist, and mother. She is a board member of the Fertile Ground Institute, a nonprofit working for ecological and social justice. Here's that interview. So first, I wonder if you can both tell me a bit about your respective organizations and the work that you do. Um, Why don't you start, Suzanne? Okay. Um, So... My group is called Asian Women for Equality, uh, though might, uh, many people might be more familiar with us as Asian Women Coalition Ending Prostitution. Uh, we're a feminist group uh, that is among those who are responsible for uh, Canada adopting um, laws that decriminalize women who are prostituted, recognizing that race, sex and poverty and inequality drive women into prostitution. And we're also responsible for keeping pimping, brothel keeping, and sex buying illegal so that the men who participate in prostitution in these roles, they're criminalized. Um, so recently, we're, forced, uh, we're focused on forcing the city of Vancouver to allow the Vancouver police to actually enforce these laws because the enforcement is actively blocked by the police board. Uh, which is chaired by the mayor of Vancouver. And um, another priority that we're working on recently is to secure basic income, which is also known as guaranteed livable income for people living in Canada. It's a particular concern for women. We think that it will allow, uh, it gives women um, more autonomy over their lives. Great. Um, And Saba, can you talk about your organization? Sure. Um, Fertile Ground Environmental Institute. We are 
a non-profit who specialize in education in you know radical ecological and political education and we one of the reasons it was a very strategic move to become a non-profit um, because one of the reasons we wanted to do that is so that we could also become fiscal sponsors for smaller groups particularly ones that were either helping indigenous struggles grassroots struggles and actually indigenous organizations that did not have non-profit status to be able to fundraise and um, collect money without having to pay tax on it and also be uh, tax-free, be a tax-free and a, a fiscal kind of a, an umbrella organization for smaller organizations to come through and also work in coalition with ideas that may seem disparate, but which we believe which we believe to be uh, connected at the root. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that connection and specifically how ecological justice is tied to women's liberation? So um, a few years ago at Puke, I actually did um, a panel with two other activists, Rachel Ivey and Courtney, and uh, about the connection between ecocide and um, misogyny. And if we look into the history of being human, we find that it was precisely at the time that we turned to agriculture, which was the first form of destroying our planet ecologically by soil erosion, uh, which was when we made the switch from being nomadic hunter-gatherers into a more civilized, sedate species, which meant that with the advent of agriculture came the need for many bodies because it's labor and it's hard work. And that is when women started to be viewed as a resource for their reproductive abilities. And you found that these People, the, the communities that turned to uh, agriculture needed to go into further and further denuding country because they needed those resources. They needed, they were planting them only to human use. And so they would go into another community. They would kill all the men. They would keep the women for sexual services and reproductive services. And that is how we see it as when we took as many, many communities and many, many tribes which were matriarchal were either, were either killed off and the women were taken and they became uh, ameliorated into a much more patriarchal way of living because now, you know, their reproductive qualities meant something. So they were enslaved not just for their labor, but also for, uh, for their reproductive services. And that's how we see that both those things are linked. It's the beginnings of what we see as patriarchy. And, and Suzanne, your group deals with the specific oppression of Asian women. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about that. How, how are Asian women particularly oppressed today? What is it that Asian women are facing in today's world? Mm -hmm. Well, the oppression that Asian women 
face is so it's so deeply entrenched and normalized that it's actually become kind of difficult to to see it and and to name it but it's a sexism that affects us on you know individually on the individual level and as a distinct group uh, we face in North America stereotypes that are sexualized and really focus on our subservience um, I you know concepts such as China doll, geisha, Japanese schoolgirl, mama-san is a, a particularly offensive. They they all are uh, tied to the convenience of Asian women uh, as sexual uh, for sex, um, but also for our disposability. So. In cities across North America, Europe, Asia, women are sold for sex in plain view in storefronts. And I, I am meaning that we're sold in plain view in storefronts in North American cities as well, including Vancouver. Um, and in some places, prostitution is a tourist attraction. Uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Philippines, there are, you, you can't really say the names of those countries and not have... Uh, not get that strong association with prostitution tourism and the exploitation of, of women. Uh, and our prostitution is so normalized in North American culture that the idea of a rub and tug is kind of a standard joke in, in popular culture. Um, and it's also the idea of us being kind of naturally prostitutes is so, is common enough that um, some pro-prostitution groups are trying to uh, redefine uh, women in, Asian women in prostitution as migrant sex workers. So it's, uh, I mean, it, that's very clearly a, a really racist and sexist strategy to keep women divided uh, on, on the issue of prostitution and invite people to sacrifice the Asian women to the violent, to, as, as the ones who, who are going to do the prostitution. Um, also, our bodies and our labor are commodified. Uh, we're hired as domestic caregivers through agencies that make a huge profit. We're expected to care for other people's children and other, other people's seniors and other people's sick family members. Uh, and we're expected to do it with love as though, you know, that kind of love and care can be salaried. Our bodies are also used to incubate and birth babies on demand as surrogate mothers. And again, this transaction is negotiated by a third party who profits the most and puts almost all of the risk on the woman carrying and birthing the fetus. And Asian women are trapped in factories as cheap labor, uh, building the electronics that keep you know, the current world functioning. And the expectation of, of being cheap labor follows even those women who make it here to Canada so that Asian women are frequently kind of automatically paid less than our white co-workers. Um, and we're also expected to to do the, the, the grunt work. And, and I wonder, I mean, so you're holding an event to honor International Women's Day. And I think that some people might wonder why we still honor International Women's Day. You know, like they might view women as having achieved equality for the most part. Um, I wonder why, why do you think it's still important to honor International Women's Day? Uh, well, I, I can say that I, I think our event is um, probably not going to appeal to anyone who actually thinks that, who has that kind of um, 
idea or delusion that women are are equal. I mean, I don't know how anyone could have that that have that opinion looking at the world the way it is right now. Um, I think it's important to to honor IW International Women's Day because we're not yet liberated. We're not liberated, um, and women before us have have sacrificed so much in order to. Um, press forward and make it possible for the future for us and women who are going to come after us to to uh, fight for our liberation. So um, I'm hoping that International Women's Day gives us an, uh, not only an opportunity to honor other women, but to also kind of celebrate our attempts as well as our victories and to reinforce each other for the next year. Mm-hmm. Great. And and your your upcoming International Women's Day event is called Indigenous and Women of Color Rise. Saba, why why was it important to you to organize an International Women's Day event that was specific to women of color? I mean, I think because women of color, if we look at what we suffer in terms of what when you're saying, you know, why should we be celebrating? International Women's Day, or many people would think that you know women have achieved equality. Of course, I'm sure the three of us can all agree that that's not true. The world over, women do you know 70% of the work, and they own about one percent of the the property or the land in the in the world. I mean, I'm pulling those numbers out of the air like they're you know, but there's it's something. I remember having to do a talk on it, and it's and it's something very close to that where paid less, uh, we get, we're much more likely to receive longer sentences in the courts, the world over, this is, for the same crimes that men commit. Um, you know, there's a, there's a slew of reasons why we should still be bringing attention to these issues and attention to the fact that women indeed have not achieved equality, uh, very much the opposite. And in regard to women of color and indigenous women, if we look just at this country, the history of those two sets of women in this country have been, you know, uh, off the scales in terms of murder, rape, uh, colonization, losing um, our languages, our cultures, um, and being and being erased from history. And one of these what one of the reasons that this particular event is so important to me is because the genesis of this event was two conversations I had in uh, in two days which were were not planned. One was with Dominique and one was with Jerry, who are the two women who were going to be featuring. And it hit me when I was talking to them both about their most recent work. In Dominique's case, it was her book Anarchist Speaks. Uh, which is about how, you know, enslaved African-American women have contributed so-called to the furtherance of gynecological medical science, as they say, although nobody knows this, uh, by being uh, tortured and experimented on by a man called Dr. Marion J. Sims. And Cherry's first film uh, is all about you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Now, both sets of these women have been entirely um, 
they're so low on a, on the radar of people's concern for what is happening. We've got one set of women that Dominique will be representing or talking about when she reads from her books, which are these African-American women who have been forgotten. And we will have Cherry reminding us of very much of today's, of a current struggle and a historical struggle of indigenous women the world over um, being murdered and going missing and nobody seeming to really care about it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about that. Um, As you mentioned, one of the issues that Sherry Smiley addresses in her work is the murdered and missing indigenous women. You know, what are the what are the stats around Indigenous women going missing? How many do we believe there are? I mean, I'm sure the stats are probably inaccurate, but, but what do we know or what do we think? The, I mean, the short answer is one is too many, um, and there are far, far more than one. So, and it also depends on when you start the counting. Um, so counting from 1970, the number is estimated to be as high as 4,000. And um, the Native Women's Association of Canada has, has documented 582 cases since the 1960s, with about 39% of, uh, percent occurring after uh, the year 2000. And, and Sherry calls this an epidemic. I, I wonder... You know, indigenous feminists have been fighting so hard to to force the public, the police, the media to pay attention to this issue, and today the the problem still persists. Why why are indigenous women still going missing? What's happening? I think indigenous women are going missing for the same reason that that um, men continue to beat their wives, uh, men continue to rape their daughters. Um, and the, the same reason why prostitution persists as well. It's, it's racism, it's sexism, it's poverty. And we need to learn from the, the leadership of women like Sherry Smiley and like Faye Blaney and the women of the Aboriginal Women's Action Network that, uh, that women's liberation is the, is the, the a truly integrated approach to women's inequality is what will address these problems or address this, these murders, this violence in the, in the most effective way. Hmm. Sava, you, you mentioned Dominique Christina's new book, uh, Anarcha Speaks, and which, as you said, is about, it's about an enslaved black woman who endured experimentation and torture at the hands of Dr. Marion Sims, who I had never heard of before. I wonder if you can tell me a bit more about him, his role in history, and and what he did to Black women. Well, I don't know uh, a, a huge amount of detail. What I do know is, I mean, I, I know of Dr. Marion J. Sims having had to study some uh, medical history, and he is widely regarded as the father of modern gynecology. And the way that he achieved that rather dubious uh, status is that he was sent um, enslaved African women who had been raped by their slave owners and had 
delivered a child and gone through a pregnancy which was particularly traumatic and which left them unable to reproduce any more children and therefore they were deemed useless to because they could no longer increase uh, the slave force and they were you know or they were very debilitated in some other way physically and so it was these kinds of women who were sent su- such fragile and damaged women that were sent to this man who then conducted experiments on their genitals uh, without anesthesia, obviously without permission, uh, all to, uh, in order to, in service of science, which, you know, again, we see the same thinking with uh, testing on animals, that it's for the benefit of, you know, the larger group, it's for the benefit of humans that we have to do these dreadful things. And uh, there is not very much, uh, there aren't very many records left of what he did, but what ha- what was left was thoroughly researched by Dominique in preparing to write this book. And I believe on the on the evening in question, she will be sharing from her book, which she wrote in the first person. And I, I do know that it, she said that to, to date, it was probably the most difficult book she had to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. And and finally, how can people find out more about this event and attend? Where is it happening? Are there tickets still available? The event is March 8th, Friday, at the central branch of the Public Library in Seattle. Um, and you can get tickets online by searching, I think it's brown paper tickets for the title of our event, Indigenous and Women of Color Rise, or you can go to the websites for each of our organizations. Um, our organization's website is awcep.org, which I know is difficult to remember, but or our Facebook pages. So I'll get Sabah to uh, say the name of Fertile Grounds URL, where, okay. you, where you can buy tickets. And I can link to those in the show notes also. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you. And... That's all for me. I wonder if there's anything else more that either of you wanted to add. Well, I'm hoping one of one of the reasons that uh, one of the other things that we would really like to promote in this event, we don't want people to just come and attend it and then, you know, go away feeling good for or not for a couple of days or feeling like they've done something worthwhile. We're also hoping to engage people at the event to actually get involved either with our organizations or other local organizations who are working on related issues, um, you know, mobilize people. That was part of our original vision for Mm -hmm. this event. Thank you both for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for organizing this event. It sounds um, really powerful. It'll be excellent. Thank you. Thanks for the time, Megan. Yeah, we are looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you, Megan. And thank you for your work. Great. So thank you again, and have a great night. Thanks. Thank you, Megan. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You just heard an interview with Suzanne Jay and Saba Malik. To learn more about Asian Women for Equality, visit www.awcep.org. And to learn more about Fertile Ground Institute, visit 
www.fertilegroundinstitute.org. You can get tickets for Indigenous and Women of Color Rise, taking place on March 8th at the Seattle Central Library at brownpapertickets.com. That is all the time we have for today. I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at feministcurrent, or send us an email at info at feministcurrent.com. We are hosted by Libsyn, and you can subscribe to the Feminist Current podcast anywhere you like to listen iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, and beyond. You can even give us five stars and review on iTunes. Show the world radical feminism is worth listening to. Feminist Current is a syndicated show produced and edited by myself, Megan Murphy, out of Vancouver, BC. If your station would like to air Feminist Current, you can find episodes at audioport.org. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, consider making a donation to support our work. Just visit feministcurrent.com and click the donate button.